Life on Tour acknowledges the traditional owners of the lands upon which this podcast is recorded. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Today's episode was recorded on Awabakal, Waramai and Boragegal land. Hello, hello. Good morning. Good day. Good afternoon. Good night. I don't know which one to use because I don't know what time of day it is when you're listening to this, but... I hope that you are having a good day. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is episode six, and it's also part two of the What to Do Between Gigs series. I'm your host, Manon Gunderson-Briggs, and I'm so excited to be here today with you in your ears. If I do sound a little bit weird and congested, it's because I'm sick again. I don't understand why this keeps happening, but it is, and that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Nothing more I can do about that. Um, I ex- I'm so excited for the episode today. It is the part two of the What to Do Between Gigs series. This episode, like this series of What to Do Between Gigs, it is not intended as a way to tell you what to do with your life or to tell me what to do with my life, you know, just because I'm talking to these people. The fact of the matter is there's no one way to do it, but I do feel like the more you know about a topic, so for example, what people generally do between gigs, a, a more informed decision can be made on my part or your part when deciding what you or I want to do when this happens to us and we don't necessarily have something lined up between gigs. You know, that's one perspective. Maybe you're also, you have that life sorted out for you and you're just listening for fun. And in which case, knowledge is also incredibly fun to gain. And it's really amazing to learn stuff about people and about life. So I'm really glad that you're here if that is the case for you. Or maybe you just want to know more about um, life for musical theatre performers and actors in general, in which case, thank you for being here as well. So yes, I just wanted to reiterate, I am not saying you should become a teacher or you should become a Christmas elf. That's just what these people do. That is not going to be what you do, or it might be. Whatever. Knowledge is power. But before we get into all of that, I just wanted to say a couple things. Um, In terms of a tour update, there's really not a lot to report because we are on a break at the moment, but it has been a wonderful, relaxing break until I got sick, but like, whatever, it's fine. I'm still having a good time. And, you know, my colon is doing so well. I'm so proud of her. She's really doing her job and I I love her. I appreciate her. She is love. She is life. And I also just quickly have a random recommendation. If you care to listen to it, it's fine. If you don't care to listen to it, that's, that's totally whatever. What, what is with me right now? I feel, I sound like I'm trying to be like a cool youth mentor. It's super weird and I don't like it. Hippity hop. Dear God. Okay, so this recommendation, it's actually at the Museum of Sydney. Um, So if you're not in Sydney, I'm sorry, but you probably won't be able to come. Um, Also known as Gadigal. And it is an exhibition that's on the top floor of the Museum of Sydney, which has free entry, by the way. We love that. That's amazing. Um, And it's called Just Not Australian. It was really confronting um, going in there. There was a lot of very sort of explicit confronting material, but I also thought it was a great um, a great thing to absorb and listen to and learn from. So I'll just read you the blurb here. 
Just Not Australian brings together 19 artists across generations and diverse cultural backgrounds to deal broadly with the origins and implications of contemporary Australian nationhood, with works ranging from the late 1990s right through to newly commissioned pieces, they are united by their desire to take Australia's official history to task, making space for people and events that have often willfully been sidelined or omitted. I really enjoyed the exhibition. It it made me feel a lot of things. It made me think about a lot of things. I will just put a warning in here, though. It says it's not recommended for children because there are swear words in there and there's also a warning for any First Nations Australians that there are images of people who are deceased. All right, now let's get into the episode. Today I am talking to two wonderful, wonderful, amazing people who I just adore so much. They are absolute crown jewels of the industry. They are Philip Lowe and Nat O'Donnell. They would probably hate me saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, When I found out that I was going to be working with both of them, it was like such a blow my mind moment because these are people that I, you know, having aspired to be in the musical theatre industry in Australia, have looked up to for a number of years and like have followed their careers and stuff and, you know, and then getting to work with them. It's like, oh my God, what? So yes, I'm sure that you are going to love my chats with them as much as I did. Philip Lowe is one of the funniest people you will ever see. Um, He's been in gosh countless shows like of course come from away he is playing nick um he was also in mamma mia as harry he was in georgie girl mary poppins like so so many shows and he's just absolutely hilarious and wonderful and then we have nat o'donnell who is possibly the loveliest person on planet earth i don't even know how she exists she is so wonderful in so many ways Again, like an absolute queen of this industry. She's been in so many shows, come from away. She's playing Diane. So the two of them actually fall in love in the show. She was also Donna in Mamma Mia. She's also done so much film work as well. I'm just, yeah, I can't believe I get to work with her and I am so excited and so thankful to both Pip and Nat for giving up their time to talk to me today. And without further ado, let's get into it. All right, let's do a testy test. Testy test. Philip Lowe. I found you wandering in the corridors, clutching a container of cake. Birthday cake my mum made me. (laughs) But I can't eat it all, mum. I'm sorry. I mean, you could. You very much could. (laughs) It'd take a little while. You can do anything you put your mind to. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) We can do it. So I have kidnapped you in here. (laughs) Um, I feel naughty. I've I've threatened you. (laughs) Phil Blow. Yes, going to help you. How? long have you been doing come from away 2020 so after the first lockdown um during the first sort of lockdown i auditioned over zoom for everything did a dance call over zoom oh my gosh it's the most stupid thing you can do. <laughs> i love i loved doing a dance call over zoom did you i thought it was a total vibe because you couldn't see my feet see my wife was in the room trying not to be seen because she didn't want well we didn't want the um the the team to know that we were married so she was sort of hiding and doing <laughs> gumby faces, but then eventually she had to leave because I, I was getting embarrassed. But yes, 2020. Aww. So yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So before that, have there been times where you've had a significant amount off, like between gigs? Yeah, I've I've I quit the industry. You quit the, the first, industry. The first time I quit was I was um, it was. 
I'd been offered a gig in the – it was in the days of when Arena Spectaculars were all happening. You know, there was Happy Days and then there was like Jesus Christ Superstar Volume 3. Um, so there was all of these um, Arena Spectaculars happening and I got cast in the, a production of Hair, the Arena Spectacular. Um, but the, the director had the, um, had the gall, the audacity to die, so oh, I no. think it got cancelled. I believe I believe that was the reason, and I'd just split up with a girl, so I'd quit and I'd move back to um, the oyster farm. My folks had a, a an oyster farm, um, so and and that was that was kind of not my side hustle because it's in the Great Australian Bight, so you can't get to it very easily. So I used yeah, to right. I'd go back there and do some work on the farm for a bit when, whenever I was unemployed, but you can't audition for anything in the Nullarbor. So certainly not not in the nineties anyway. So oh, that that would make it hard. Yeah, a bit tough. So yeah, um, so I quit and went back uh, and worked on the farm for probably about a year, and eventually just got sick of it and uh, moved to Adelaide and just sort of fell back into doing. Because Adelaide's a really well kept secret. Because I was doing movies and I was doing oh my gosh um, TV commercials, and I, I didn't have to have a side hustle even. Although oh. I did, I did get one. Mind you, I was paying like forty dollars a week in rent, living in my brother's oh. cupboard. Um, <laughs> so um, yes, and and I I did some collecting for the Huntington's Disease Association, like door knocking and. That, oh, that right. was soul destroying, and oh, oh. I was washing football jerseys. Um, oh, oh! You've done it all. <laughs> I've done it all. So, w- what's your most recent thing that you've done between gigs? Um, the second time I quit the business was in two thousand and seven, or just before the global financial crisis. Oh, um, my family, my my sister and brother in law, and a brother and myself. We started a um, um, like a management consultancy company. What I was oh. doing there, don't know, <laughs> don't know. But I had a nice smile, and I look. Yeah. I have a safe sign above my head. So you know, we 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 did that for a few years. But then, of course, the GFC kind of caught up with everybody. And the first thing to go is if in the corporate world is when the times are tough, you just fire the consultants. And oh so, gosh! But you know, we kept we kept that up for a few years. So that was the last sort of side hustle. I've had in 2009. It was like I, I, I came back. I came back to the stage and like I did Poppins. That was my, that was my glorious return. Hey, that was um, pretty glorious. And I haven't, and I haven't, um, I haven't stopped since. Pretty oh much. My that was gosh. like so. It's the last ten years. I haven't. I've been unemployed, and um, but I've just been happy to starve. Really. <laughs> <laughs> and something and something always sort of came up. It's actually been a, a really good decade for me in that regard. I hit I hit forty, and suddenly it's like, oh, thank God, you've you've grown up. You look you actually you actually look like a man now. You look like a big grown man. So I started getting dad work, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it was. But for the for that time before that, it was it was quite tough because I was sort of in an in between phase. Yeah, you know when you sort of. I'm not a girl, <laughs> not yet a woman. <laughs> I'm unemployed. <laughs> well, I'm unemployed. 
<laughs> so I stopped. I stopped looking like juve leads, and and I was too young to be dad. So I was there was a bit of, bit of a bear patch there for oh. me for, for a while. Oh um, my goodness! Yeah. And so. what's like, um, the the longest? I guess in the last ten years, it's been Ooh. a great ten years. But what's the longest point in that where you haven't had any work? It's a very specific. Yeah, just sum up the last ten years. Just sum up. <laughs> I have to. I have to go back to my record. Just, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I've, I, I, I didn't before come from away. I didn't have anything, but nobody did um, because it was the pandemic. Yeah, uh, yeah. What had I just yes. finished? Because I'd gone, I'd done. 2015, I was like Georgia girl, and then 2017 was Mamma Mia, and then after that, I did. That was probably the that was probably the big break. And you did Big Fish. I saw I did you big, in Big Fish. I did Big Fish, but that so was the, that was that was co-op. That was probably the biggest break in the last ten years. Was after I did Mamma Mia, and which finished in the end of 2018, and then 2020. Wow. I did. It was when I started this. Oh but, wow! Yeah. So that was the that was that was the biggest break I've had in the last decade, which is incredible. That's incredible. Go on me. Go you. It's, <laughs> I, th- I thought I'd have more money by now, <laughs> but then I look at the wall to see where the big yellow stain is, where I've pissed it all away. <laughs> 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 I was like, yeah, no wonder you don't have any cash. <laughs> what's What's your secret? To what? To- <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> oh, t- t- working. Yeah. <laughs> I have, because I turned 50 the other day. You're welcome. Um, and I have nothing to fall back on. I don't have any transferable skills. I didn't, um, I didn't graduate at WAPA. Um, I didn't even pass high school. So um, I have no fallback. And there is something... About that, I think. Yeah, I, I, I really have nothing else to do. I mean, but, but you're also like an incredibly intelligent person. I'm sure yeah. you could pick something up. Prob- probably no, no could. What. But you know, I, I started my, I started my work life as, as a in in the Commonwealth Bank, um, oh. and um, that I lasted there for like three years. We got and we got held up. Um, and I had a, you know, a shotgun to my head, and I Wait, went seriously. Like, yeah, yeah, that's that's all. Legit. Oh my god! And, I th- oh, and 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 I thought, <laughs> it's nine to five things, not very. There's <laughs> nothing to write home about, is it? And my dad was my my dad had just been made redundant at his work, uh, had been pushed sideways throughout the parent companies that owned whatever business he was working in, so he got he got made redundant and had no super because somehow he'd been shunted sideways out of the company that he'd started working for oh. 30 years beforehand or something. He was, you know, he's not very, he wasn't very smart about that sort of thing. Um, and so that plus the fact of, you know, getting held up at the Commonwealth Bank, I went, nah. And I'd done, you know, some amateur theatre and I went, that's the life for me. Yeah, so I, I have nothing else to fall back on. Tap dance. <laughs> <laughs> bad, bad, bad show tap. That's what I got to fall back on. Well, so yeah, and I think that probably that galvanizes you a bit because yeah. it's if something's not something if something's not too easy to walk away from, then then you have to stick with it. I guess. Yeah, yeah, I and think. it's made you the person that you are today, 
who is so incredibly talented and skilled talented, and highly specialised that you don't need anything to fall back on. Yeah, that's right. So, that's right. But I do see, you know, I do see friends and because, you know, the work, it swings and roundabouts. It does dry up. I've had a really wonderful run and I don't know when that's going to stop. So Maybe never. <laughs> maybe never. Who knows? I so. God, I hope so. <laughs> that's why I married Zoe because she was going to keep working until she drops dead. So, and, oh. and she's you know she's talented, more talented than me. So, you know. Oh, you're both very talented. Oh, I, I do it right, but she's better. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> says so. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, Philip Lowe. Yeah. More like Philip High <laughs> because that's how my spirits are feeling. Right now, thank you so much for joining me. <laughs> I really right. appreciate it. <laughs> and right. oh, let's do a me. show. Let's do a show. Yeah. We've got to go warm up. All right, bye. <laughs> bye. All righty. Nat O'Donnell, she's here. Hello, Manon. <laughs> How are you today? Uh, I am. I'm good. We're here in between our uh, shows today on a two-show day. In the wonderful Newcastle. In wonderful Newcastle. <laughs> and I get the treat of now calling you my dressing room pal. Oh, ditto. So that's fun. Right back at you. Hey, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. What do you do between gigs? Well, first and foremost, I am the mother of two beautiful children. All right. So now that's um, a gig in itself. That is a gig. I mean, that <laughs> gig is a is a full time gig on top of the full time gig. But um, yeah, I guess you know we're on tour at the moment, so it shifts and changes a bit while I'm away, and then um, is all hands on deck when I get home. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I do that, and um, I look. I've done kind of like a. a a wide variety of things, really. Um, yeah. Most recently before I started this, I was working for a beautiful arts and social change organisation called Big Heart. And, um, yeah, they're an incredible organisation that I worked with as an actor first and foremost. And then when I was finishing up my last long-running gig, they offered me um, the chance to kind of come on board and do some producing for them. So, Oh, wow. Yeah, I was doing that and I love it. I really, really love it. Um, I'm f- I'm funny with the the kind of in between things. Sometimes I finish a show and I actually really feel like I need to take that pause. Yeah. Um, you know, how long do you? How long does that pause kind of mm. go for? It can vary. It can really vary. I mean, sometimes like you know, the last one like I was working in between, but and when I say working, you know, they were performing gigs there. But for the main, for like four years, kind of big heart was um was my predominant focus so and that's you know like I it I absolutely miss being on stage yeah and welcome that opportunity but I think as I've gotten older as well I just you know I just realize that having a a wide and interesting um skill set is not just great for earning money but was also good for personal growth I think and oh yeah you're so right yeah so it kind of makes you a bit more grounded yeah I think so and look some people some people like, you know, like kind of looking for the next performing gig is is what fuels them and yeah. um, is a completely justifiable thing as well. But I just know myself sometimes I I just need to take that pause and regroup and Yeah. yeah. And generally then the jobs, performing jobs that are right for me come their way. Which oh. is liberating, I think. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And do you like with Big Heart and, and with other jobs as well that you've had to do in between, mm. um, how do you, like, have the conversation with them 
basically just say that if a gig does come up that you'll take the gig or do you have that conversation mm, with them? Well, look, I was really, I mean, Big Heart are extraordinary. They are um, an organisation that have um, community first and foremost at the heart of what they do but also value artists and the creative skills that anyone who is working for them brings. So the flexibility that they had was quite something. And they I, kind I of think, get it. Yeah, they, I mean, get it and then some and encourage it oh. as well. So that's kind yeah. of lucky. Um, I don't know, like, yeah, like I remember when I, you know, that nervous thing of when um, I was in my 20s and you, you're kind of going into a retail job or something like that and just like your shift would come out and then you'd be like, oh, God, I've got an audition and oh. the stress of that. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, as I got older, I um, those jobs that kind of require that um, commitment I just am upfront and honest and I kind of figure that that if they're really willing to, to work it, they just will. And if they won't, then it's probably good for both parties that it doesn't evolve. But mm. And then sometimes you have, you know, you have places that say they're okay with it and then the reality of it. <laughs> <laughs> Had a few of those, but, yeah, it wasn't too bad. Most honestly, most kind of in-between jobs I've had end up being – really quite understandable and supportive. So I think it really depends on the employer. And also you're incredibly lovely. Oh. So if I were employing you, I, I would just that. want to have you around. <laughs> oh, that's very, <laughs> no matter how concept. much you have to miss. Yeah, I don't know about that. Do you reckon that there for you is a possibility of like, I'm just interested to know, mm. if you found a job that wasn't performing that made you incredibly happy, mm. Would you want to do performing again? Is performing always something that's in your Look, future? Look, it's a really or? good question because um, I think that, you know, I very much um, and I, you know, was very upfront about this with my um, beautiful big heart pals, like performing, taking a little bit of a pause from it, um, going kind of quite one way with producing stuff and, and not performing as much for a couple of years. I really realised that um, I love performing and I love this job that we do. I love the camaraderie of it. I love um, – I, it's just – it is a part of who I am, which in itself yeah. – like I've gone through lots of periods in my life of kind of um, trying to – like falling in and out of love with with acting, quite frankly. Yeah, you know, right. Whether it be that um, – you know, I'm very upfront about the fact that I kind of have had pretty bad anxiety and suffered panic attacks and stuff in the past. So a lot of the time mm. when I was coming to an end of a, a gig, it was like I just am so exhausted. I just can't. It's taking too much. And and so, um, yeah, so I think that now though I am, um, you know, I, I guess kind of balancing that out a little bit more and, and being able to kind of assess, well, where am I really at and um, – and having the opportunity to throw myself into um, work that wasn't performance related, I, I just the I, the balance became a little bit clearer for me, I think. And and that and the, the work that I've I've been doing, I just love because I'm really passionate about um, about the fact that that the arts um, has such a potential. Um, to really have strong social impact like across the board in our community. So yeah. for me that's actually really – I'm passionate about that work. Oh, um, awesome. But I also know that honouring 
honoring myself as an artist and and being on stage um, is also something that I really need in my life as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's balanced. But like, I think that I just I don't know. I, as I get older, though, I just feel like that. I feel really. I feel satisfied. Um, with the jobs that I've been doing and and the trajectory that life has taken and you know families incredibly is first and foremost to me yeah. and um, life experience is incredibly important to me as well so it needs to be a broad spectrum for me what I've realized over the past few years I think is I think at one point I felt that if I wasn't performing and then I was taking on another gig I was failing as an actor or performer and, you know, oh, like that, man. like, you know, like you try and not be validated by this work, but in it inevitably, yeah. like if I was being really honest, it was. And I realise now that actually at the core of it, whatever I'm doing, I just need to feel creative. Um, yeah. And, and, and therefore the experiences that I'm having and the jobs I'm doing that aren't on stage actually fuel my, my capabilities and, and, um, and kind of my love for performing as well. So, Oh, yeah. gosh, I just love that. That's so true. <laughs> I also, you know, I just want to find something that is invigorating and, yeah. and passionate for me, but I just still haven't found it. So Yeah, and, it, you know, it does require a certain flexibility, I guess, doesn't it, like yeah. whatever we find in between. But it is why things like... You know, like I've loved teaching. That was always really flexible and doing workshops or masterclasses or mm. that kind of thing was really, really great. Oh. I mean, it's hard. Like when you're, there's a nine-to-five kind of thing or a roster-based kind of thing, that becomes really tricky Yeah, for employers as well, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of not fair on either of you. No, but also like you need to feel fueled as well, you know. Yeah. I think yeah. just takes just takes time and sometimes just luck. Yeah. And maybe a willingness to say like yes to maybe kind of, I don't know, like out of the blue opportunities that kind of come your way. Thank you so much for lending your knowledge and wonder to this podcast. Thank you for Not having my uh, very open and ever-shifting thoughts. <laughs> my, my, my monologue. <laughs> uh, they're perfect. It's yeah. perfect. Thanks, Nat. Thanks, Bye. Bye. Oh my goodness. I absolutely loved talking to Pip and Nat. I I hope that you have enjoyed our conversations as much as I did. Thank you so much, Pip and Nat, for giving up your time to talk to me. I, I really, really enjoyed those conversations. And it just goes to show, you know, everyone's approach to working in this industry is so different. There's no magical answer. There's no magical pill and everyone just does what works for them. So thank you so much, uh, everyone, for listening. If you want to follow the podcast on Instagram, it is Life on Tour Pod. Uh, please give me a rating and a review wherever you get your podcasts and uh, have a wonderful week. I'll be back in your ears next Wednesday. Have a good one. Bye.